Good morning, PCA. On your feet, it's time to worship our amazing God. Amen. Amen. Let's wake up. Let's get up. Let's praise our God. You are so good, God. You are so good, God. Let's open our hearts wide today to whatever the Holy Spirit has for us because he has great things in store, but we have to be open to it. Amen. if we want to we need to be open to whatever he wants because what he wants is way better than anything we could ever plan for amen 
We love you, Lord. You are good, God. You are good, God. Do you want his heart? Yeah. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Let your glory fill this place. We're alive in your presence. We surrender all to you. Do what you want to. Do what you want to. God, we love to see you move. Do what you want to. Do what you want to.
and I want your plan, Lord. So do what you want. Lord, I pray that you would breathe new life into us today. Breathe new life into us today. Thank you, Lord. You are so beautiful and so good. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. you believe safe and sound stuck in the ground too lost to be found you're just asleep and it's time to leave come on arise up take a breath you're alive now can't you hear the voice of jesus calling us out from the grave like lazarus your Sing it again, yes. 
to have an encounter, a holy encounter with you today, that we would open our hearts completely to you, knowing how much we need you, and open our hearts to you. You're welcome here, Lord.
Okay. 
you'll have your way in this place and every heart that every heart will open wide to you and hear the word of the Lord that you have brought to us today it's going to be so amazing and I believe it's going to change us I believe lives will be changed today because of the word we're going to hear open your hearts open your ears stay awake you're not going to want to miss it we love you Lord we praise you and we thank you. You are beautiful. In Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen, amen, amen. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Good morning, PCA. Can you hear me okay? Can you hear me now? Want to buy some insurance? Thank you. Plan ahead. I always used to think that. Where I, oh, I know where I'm at. You know, I heard someone giving, uh, um, speaking in tongues this morning. And I thought, man, if they'd only do it a little louder. I remember I used to think when I first got with the Pen Pentecostal Assembly of God, oh, that's speaking in tongues. Man, that's, you know, we don't do that. Until God grabbed me one time and said, you're going to give a message. I did. And I still do it. It is God. It is God. But that's not why I'm up here. How many of you know why I'm up here? First, we want to welcome the guests. One of the guests, or a few of the guests that I'm seeing are new. I haven't seen them in a while. One of them is my girlfriend's hairdresser. I can hardly wait to talk to her, see what's going on. Uh, now then, um, if you are a guest, we would like to have you fill out one of these VIB cards or VID cards. AID cards. I should practice this more often so we can start a process because you're a guest now. We want you to be a member of this house, the house of God. We want you to be in it. Moving along, how many know that we haven't been wearing masks here for quite a while? Someone finally announced on TV that you don't have to wear a mask anymore with some restrictions. Now, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss some of the TV shows they had, like the mask singer and the mask dancer that was dedicated to COVID-19. And whoever thought you could walk into a bank with a mask on and ask for money. I, I love that part of it. Now, I do have an announcement, making this long. They wrote it out for me so I'd get it right. Ladies, Taco Tuesday, 518 at 6 p.m. Sign up in the foyer for child care. And so we know how much food, please. Did you get that Taco Tuesday? <laughs> That'll be this Tuesday, right? Ladies, right? Thank you. Now that things are getting back to normal, you might want to invite someone to our church. 
Now then, if you feel you can invite people to church, but you don't have a need to uh, tithe, well, tell them to come look at the church where the lights are all out. Or if they need to go to the bathroom, no water. Or if they want to meet the pastor, he's working part-time as a greeter at Walmart. <laughs> Remember, there are no stimulus checks coming into this church except what you give. I know when I got mine, when I found out I was going to get it out, the first thing I thought was, well, i got to pay my tithe. i got to pay my tithe. It didn't come when I thought. Fortunately, I've been blessed enough that I could go ahead and pay the tithe on it before it got there, and then it came in. Remember, there's lots of scriptures that tell you how to tithe, why to tithe, and everything else, but it's the basics. Just like everybody here, we have bills to pay in this church, your church. Got totally off the line there. If I could get the blue bag boys to come forward, we have several ways that you can give at this church. Whoa, are we lucky on that? Cash or check in the offering, the kiosk by the welcome desk, the website, pcachurch.com, a PCA app, or you can text PCA Church to 1 844 390 2401. And the wonderful Pastor Richard has the pcachurch.com. Something else I got to worry about. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come into your house, which is our house. We want to bless you, dear Heavenly Father, with these tithes and these offerings. Take them, use them to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning. Man, what a great, great day to be alive. Every day is a good day to be alive, all right? Check your neighbor, make sure they're breathing. If they are breathing, they have breath. They are to praise God. If they are not breathing, slowly but quietly remove them from the auditorium or bring them to the front. We will pray for them because we just sang a song said, Rise Up. So we believe in miracles. Amen? It's a great time to be alive. It's a great time to be in the house of God. It's good to see all of you here today. Uh, slowly but surely, we're getting people to come back to the house of God. I think sometimes it's kind of like taking a shower. Once you don't do it for a while, you think, hey, I may not need it. But then other people will encourage you to take a shower. So maybe some of you need to encourage your friends. They go, I don't need to go to church. Yeah, you do. Your attitude kind of stinks or maybe something else stinks in your life. So encourage them to come back to the house of God. It's, it's a good place to hang out on Sunday. It's a great place to start your week. If you're ready, stand with me this morning. Repeat this after me. Sometimes people say, why do we do this every time? When I get 100%, let me just take a survey. Put your hands down because now you show my hands are already up. I, I agree. Put your hands down. How many of you this week, and you're in the house of God, don't be looking around at your neighbor, but how many of you, matter of fact, we're going to close our eyes in just a minute before we answer this. How many of you this week, every day, Read your Bible. Don't raise your hand yet because somebody may see you and you'll be going, pride, no. Um, and then look and judge. So don't do that. So you ready? Close your eyes. How many of you this week, with God as your witness, read your Bible every day this week? Okay, you can put your hands down. You can open your eyes. We are not at 100%. So lift your Bibles and repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light to my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart 
that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the preacher. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Well, I've been preaching series that I didn't know were series to begin with. It started out with one sermon, turned into series. On Wednesday night, I started one sermon, and now we've had a whole series on blessings. And people are realizing that Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, all of these parts of the Trinity, they want to bless us all the time. We just have to position ourselves to be blessed. Throughout the Word of God, God always says, If you do this, then I will do this. It's throughout the Word of God, Genesis to Revelation. So today I thought I'll preach a message, but I already know it's turning into a series because there's no way I could preach on this in one message. So the, the title of the new series is this, Are You In? Are you in? Are you in? Are you in? It's very important to be in. How many of you going to school want to be part of the in crowd? When you became an adult, want to be part of the in crowd? You want to get in? You want to be part of the cool kid group? All those things. I wasn't really a cool kid. Um, I was kind of a math nerd, and I played sports, which kind of, kind of offset the math nerd thing. But, but um, I always want to be in with God, don't you? So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke four, verse fourteen. It says this. Jesus returned to Galilee. Say it with me. In. Ready? One, two, three. In. Jesus was in. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. Jesus was all in. He was in the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. I want to ask you again, are you in? Because you can't get halfway in. You can't get sometimes in. You're either in or you're out. People have asked me through the years, who is your favorite person in the Bible? My answer is this, the Holy Spirit. Most people say Samson, David, all the... But the favorite person from Genesis to Revelation and then throughout eternity has to be the Holy Spirit, right? He was there at creation. He was there throughout the Old Testament. He's there throughout the New Testament, especially in the life of Jesus. And then he's in the rest of the New Testament and throughout eternity. He is a part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But somehow... We, we get God the Father, we get God the Son, but we don't get that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now, the person in the Bible I most identify with, that's totally different. I have no identity with the Holy Spirit. I identify the most with Simon Peter. That guy was always spouting off his mouth, jumping out of the boat before thinking, all, you know, cutting off somebody's ear without thinking. Uh, I'm kind of that way. I'm a little bit impetuous. But the person who's the favorite in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. In the Assemblies of God, for decades, we have declared, since 1903, we have declared that we have a distinctive in the, in the Assemblies of God. We have something that separates us, that makes us different than other denominations. 
And that difference in the assemblies of God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And when I say that, I'm talking about the distinctive of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we, we, we say, God, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Come into my life. We are filled with the Spirit of God. We are filled with the Holy Spirit because our lives are going to be full. You're either full of the devil or you're full of God. Either one. It doesn't matter. But whenever you ask the enemy to exit and God to come in, he fills us at salvation with the Holy Spirit. But we then understand there is a second definite work in addition to salvation. Now, if you are saved, you're going to heaven. You don't need the baptism to get to heaven. I just tell you, it's kind of like going from here to Oklahoma City. You can either walk or you can ride in a car. Which way you want to get there? You're going to get there the same, but the power makes it a whole lot more enjoyable trip. So when we are saved, we are filled with the Spirit. But there's another work called the baptizo, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we are baptized, immersed, saturated with the Holy Spirit. And the initial physical evidence of an outward evidence of what's happening inward is we begin to speak in an unknown language. God gives us that gift upon receiving that baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's how everybody else knows we have been baptized. And so I'm talking about this baptism of the Holy Spirit because I believe in our society today, even our Assembly of God churches are almost asking the Holy Spirit to leave because we don't have the time for the Holy Spirit in our services. We have to go through the worship which is one of the most attractive things in churches today. Then we have to just endure the sermon, but then we dismiss and we're out and we got to go. I believe we need a fresh realization of this person of the Holy Spirit in our lives and we need a fresh anointing and baptism, a baptizo, a saturation in our lives. Why? Because if Jesus thought it was mandatory... To be in, I think it's mandatory for all of us to be in. You see, whenever God gave this gift to us called Jesus Christ, God said he sent him from heaven to be born on earth. Now, he was full deity in heaven, correct? He is part of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But when he came to earth to be born... He was not fully God at that moment. What? Yeah. There's a passage in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, in the hermeneutical tombs and theology terms, it's called the kenosis passage. But it's the passage where it explains how that Jesus emptied himself of all the Godhead power and deity so he could be born flesh a man here's what it says who being in the very nature God Jesus in heaven is God he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage how many of you ever thought Jesus kind of cheated a little bit 
because he was God and we're not. And so, no, no. He emptied himself of all of his deity so he did not have an advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. So when he was born, he was just a man like every other baby. Mary and Joseph, they raised a little boy just like you raise a little boy. He got in trouble. He was mischievous. We find at the age of 12, he did not listen to mom and dad when he said, let's get in the car and go. He went to the temple. He was doing some teaching there, and they had to come back and get him. I got to figure he may have had time out. He got in trouble. I don't know, but I know one thing. If I'm telling our kids we're on a trip, it's time to go, and we get three hours away, and I got to turn around and go back and get them, I'm not going to be a happy camper. So he was a raised just like all of us are raised, but at the age of 30, he realized now it is time for me to begin ministry. I cannot do ministry as a mere human being. I need the power to enable me to do it. So here's what happens, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized... Jesus was baptized too. Isn't that awesome? He comes to this river and realizes, I'm just a man. But I need to be baptized in the water and I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there are going to be challenges ahead of me that I cannot do without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. There's going to be people in my future who are hungry, how am I going to feed them? As a man, I cannot do that. There are going to be people that need to be healed. How can I do that? As a man, I can't do it. I need this person of the Holy Spirit to enable me. So he was baptized, and as he was praying, heaven opened. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven, you are my son whom I love with you. I am well pleased. Jesus did not try to do any ministry without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't do it in and of yourself. You are going to fail. You do not have the ability you do not know what you are doing. Jesus knew that he could not fulfill the needs unless he was in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I got to think, if it was mandatory for Jesus, I think it's mandatory for us today to be in the power of the Holy Spirit. We do not need to try to do things of our own ability because you cannot do it. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I'm very gifted. You're gifted as a man. But you cannot do spiritual things without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Luke 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
So Jesus is baptized, and from there on out, it gives him this descriptor. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He is empowered. He is walking. He is in the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, right? Remember, Jesus was dead for three days, but the Holy Spirit woke Him up after the third day, brought Him out of that tomb. If that same Spirit who rose Jesus from the dead is living in, are you in? In you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives where? In you. Are you in? We have access to the same person as Jesus did. Jesus said, I cannot do any ministry without him. I need him to fill me with power so that when the needs of the ministry come into my life, I have the power to accomplish it. The same spirit dwells in you. You may say, I can't do what Jesus did. Wait a minute, doesn't the word of God say that you shall do greater works than Jesus did? Just read the book. You have the ability, the potential, the access to perform miracles and signs and wonders in your life. You have the ability to be full of the Holy Spirit. That word full means this. He was saturated with the Holy Spirit. He was inebriated in the Holy Spirit. He was drunk in the Holy Spirit. Jesus was full. Ephesians 5.18 Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. But there's an option. There's an alternative. Instead, be filled, be drunk, be inebriated with the Spirit of God, with the Holy Spirit. So we have choices today as to where we're going to get full. You can get full, saturated, inebriated with the things of the world, or you can get full, saturated, inebriated with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I have found that when you are inebriated, whatever source is your inebriation, it causes you to be in its control. Yeah. If you get inebriated with alcohol, you are under the control of the alcohol. I've seen the alcohol control the way a person walks. It controls the way they talk. It controls the way they make decisions. It controls their attitude. I've seen some people get drunk and they just want to fight everybody. I've seen some people get drunk and they're the funniest people in the world. But when they are not inebriated, they are not like that at all. I've seen some people when they get drunk lose all inhibitions. They are not like that at all. Why? They are under the control of the alcohol. God says this. You, as people of God, should be inebriated on the Holy Spirit. And when you are inebriated, full, drunk, saturated with the Holy Spirit, it will change. Why? Because it controls. He controls the way you walk. He controls the way you talk. 
He controls your attitude. He controls all your decision making. He controls everything you do. That's why when Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, it said he was what? He was led. Up until the age of 30, he walked where he wanted to walk. He made cabinets. He helped his dad. He did whatever he wanted to do as a man. But once he was filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, he no longer walked where he wanted to walk. He no longer talked the way he wanted to talk. He no longer made decisions he wanted to make. Why? He is now under the control of the Holy Spirit. He was in. And today, church, we've got to get to that place, every one of us, to where we are controlled not by our own passions and desires, not by our own needs, not by my will, but thy will be done. So I walk where you lead me. I say what you want me to say. I do what you want me to do. Why? Because I am under the control of the Holy Spirit. I've been drinking. I'm inebriated. I am filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enables you. He is in you and He gives you the ability to do what God asks you to do. One of the great words that's talking about this when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and this is important, it qualifies us. The Holy Spirit is the qualifier. If you are not filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are not qualified to do the work of the ministry. Prior to Jesus' baptism, he was not qualified. He was just a man. But after the baptism, the Holy Spirit is anointed upon him, saturates him, pours all over him. He's an inebriate. Now he is qualified to do what he needs to do. How many of you have a vehicle? How many of you want a qualified mechanic working on it? Somebody that has the ASE badge on their sleeve. Don't bring it to me. I am not qualified. I will open that hood and go, whoa, there's a lot of stuff under there. Well, let's just start pulling stuff and see what happens. I don't know. What is that? I don't know, but let's pull it and see if the car still runs. You don't want me. Why? Because I'm not qualified. I was in my church in Texas, had a young man who was 42 years of age, and at 42 he started having heart problems. He had a heart attack, massive heart attack. He underwent double bypass, quadruple bypass, eight bypasses. He finally had a heart transplant Yeah, at the age of 48. All these things. Now, how many of you know that when he went to the doctor, he wanted a doctor that was what? Qualified. He did not go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Well, I'm a doctor. What kind of doctor are you? Well, I'm an ophthalmologist. I got heart problems. It's all the same. It'll all work out. No, you want a heart doctor? You don't want to go to a proctologist, gynecologist. You want to go to a heart doctor. Why? Because they're qualified for what you have a problem with. And not only when you go to the doctor, you're going to want to ask them some questions. Um, how many times have you done this? Were they successful? I was talking to an RN just before church. And whenever she was getting ready to go into a patient's 
room whenever she was just beginning to get out of training, they would ask her, how many times have you done this? She'd go, oh, too many times to count. She didn't want them to know, you're my second patient to ever stick. She didn't want them to know that. I'm just thinking, I want to make sure i got a heart doctor that's qualified. How many times have you performed this surgery? Then how many times was this successful? I want to know what kind of student were you? Eh, not a C student. I skipped quite a few classes. I didn't really go to that one on veins. I thought, well, I'm just going to stick to arteries, not go in there and get all with the veins. They're too small. You want a doctor that's an A student, valedictorian of the class, never missed a class. You want a doctor that is qualified to do what you need him to do. And whenever we are going out in this life, people need us to be qualified to do what God has called us to do. And the only way you are qualified to do the work of the ministry to meet the needs of what God's going to put into your life, you need the qualifier of the Holy Spirit so that you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. He qualifies you. He says, you're now ready to do what I've called you to do. And we need that today. People need us to be in. Are you in? Are you filled? I've seen people through the years who thought they were qualified. But they weren't. They weren't in. They depended upon their charisma. They depended upon their intellect. They depended upon how they, oh, I can figure this out, Pastor. I don't, I don't really need to spend time in prayer, and I really don't need the Holy Spirit because I can do this. No, you cannot. You cannot. Jesus did not attempt, read it, he did not attempt to pray for one person before he was baptized. He did not attempt to try to multiply any loaves of bread or fishes before he was baptized. He did not attempt to do anything. Why? Because first I've got to get qualified. We need the power in us. And I want to tell you, your source of inebriation will control you. He will determine how you walk, talk, act, actions, and decisions. Look at this, Luke chapter 4 verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led. Why? Because the source of his inebriation is directing his footsteps. He was led, controlled by the Holy Spirit. He was sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Before this time, he was not. He was walking how he wanted to walk. He was going where he wanted to go. But now he is fully aware of of the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has filled his life, and now he's saying, I want you to go to the wilderness. Okay, I'm going to the wilderness. I'm not going back and help Dad in the carpenter shop today. I'm not going to go down to the city square and talk with people around the fountain. Today I'm headed to the wilderness. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in control. And today our world is filled with a lot of noise. A lot of noise. And if we're not careful, we're not going to hear what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. We get so busy, we don't have time to be led. I believe this with all my heart. God, pray with the people. I have been led to help people. You may say, well, is helping somebody spiritual when you're led to? Absolutely. You see somebody struggling, all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit go, go over there and help them. 
and you do it. And they say, well, thank you very much. Say, well, you have a great day. God loves you. And walk away. Well, Pastor, you didn't sit there and give them the, the fourfold Romans roads to salvation. No, 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 I didn't do that. I just believe that we can be led in our every and not be weird. There's a bunch of weirdos out there. We don't need to be weird. We need to be led. And when God leads you and you go where God wants you to do, guess what? He's already prepared the person to receive what you're going to say. I believe that. Luke chapter two, chapter 4 verse 2a. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. 40 days. So he's baptized. He leaves there. He's led into the wilderness because he's sensitive. And now he's tempted by the devil. If you think when you get saved, you'll never have another problem with the devil, watch out. Because that's when he goes after you hard. And the word here is important. Tempt. Tempt. I always, when I was in, in theology classes, I always go, tempt imps. Tempt imps. Tempting always comes from the devil. Always, always. But imps, the devil imps, they're the ones that tempt. I don't know how you do studies, I don't know, but that's how I did it. Because tempting is always from the devil. God will never tempt you. In the garden, God did not tempt Adam and Eve. God had a test for Adam and Eve. God will test you, but God will never tempt you. If you are tempted, it only comes from the devil. So I've had people go throughout the year, Pastor, I don't know if this is of God or the devil. I don't know which one it is. Well, first of all, you need to be full of the Holy Spirit so you have the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Second of all, if it's a temptation, it is not from God. God does not tempt. Only the devil tempts. And the temptation is there for you to fail. The enemy does not want you to pass he wants you to fail. Get an F. He wants to crush you, destroy you, throw you down, get you out of the game. He wants you to fail. When God gives you a test, the test is there for you to pass. He gives you something easy enough that you can pass that. So if I were to test all of you today in a way to where I want all of you to pass, I would say Okay, ladies and gentlemen, on the count of three, I want you to give me the answer. One plus one equals two. You passed. You may say, Pastor, that was so easy. That's what God does. He gives us easy things that we are qualified to do. The enemy will give you hard things that you are not qualified to do, so you will fail. Okay, on the count of three, everyone give me the answer. Here is the Pythagorean theorem. See, there's always a couple. No, but you know why they have the answer? Qualified. Yeah. And they remember. Qualified. Now, they never thought math was going to be something they would use. How many of you thought you'd use a Pythagorean theorem in church? Ah, see? But God qualifies us so that we pass. 
so that we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. That's what God says. He wants us to be transformed from glory to glory to glory. The enemy comes in, I want to get them, I want to trap them, I want to tempt them, I want to crush them. And so that's what he does. His imps come in to tempt. God wants us to pass. And the only way you can pass is to be in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not warring against flesh and blood. We are warring against principalities and powers of the underworld. You have to understand the devil hates you. God loves you. God wants to qualify you, empower you with the Holy Spirit. Why? So you can overcome temptations and pass tests. Temptations cause us to depend on God. Now, some people avoid temptations and go, I don't ever want to be tempted. Jesus was led right into temptation. I believe temptations are good for us sometimes. Pastor, what? You want us to fail? No, I want you to pass. But I believe the way that God can use all of us is if we overcome temptations. The more temptations you overcome, the more God can use you. Because then you can testify, have a testimony to someone else. Well, I remember when the enemy came in to tempt me of this. Here's what the Holy Spirit empowered me to do. And the same Spirit that lives in me can live in you. And you too can be an overcomer through the power of the Holy Spirit. But you got to get in. You see, I can't win by myself. I have to totally depend upon God. Jesus was totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit in order to live on this earth victoriously. He was totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit in order to perform signs, wonders, and miracles that he performed in his life. And he did not use his Godhead as an advantage. Isn't that awesome? He did not have an advantage over you and me. He used the same Holy Spirit that we have access to in his life. You say, well, Pastor, why don't we have more signs, miracles, and wonders? I believe we need to get more in. I believe we need to get more in. Pastor, why don't we have more of this and more of that? Maybe because we're not hungry and thirsty enough. You see, God can't make us eat or drink. He just provides the drink and the food. We have to come to the table and decide to eat. Yesterday, uh, my daughter told me last weekend, uh, Dad, I want you to make poppy burgers next Saturday. And so yesterday they came, I made poppy burgers. I've made poppy burgers for my family. I have made poppy burgers for the board and their wives. But they are very limited who gets poppy burgers. My granddaughter yesterday, she start, she's like, Poppy, we could sell these things. And she's already figuring out how we're going to open up a business on the front sidewalk of my house. We're going to call it Poppy Burgers. I'm going to do all the work and she's going to sell them. And she started out selling them for $2 a piece. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to lose money. She said, okay, what do you think they're worth? I said, I don't know. What do you think, Tegan? She goes, $100. Now we're making money. But I can make Poppy Burgers and my family come over. But they don't have to eat them. Matter of fact, my granddaughter and my grandson, neither one ate poppy burgers. You know what they asked? This hurt my feelings. They said, Nani, do you have chicken nuggets? (laughs) 
These are not my grandchildren. They have been adopted. They have been some foreign alien has inhabited their bodies. But we've got to eat. We've got to drink. Luke chapter 4 verse 2, the latter part, it says, He ate nothing during those days and at the end of them he was hungry. See, Jesus was flesh and blood just like us. He fasted. Why? He had to bring this flesh under control. I think we as Americans today, I'm not talking about fasting. I'm talking about our flesh, our passions, our desires. We've got to get control of these things. We've got to control our bodies. Today in our, in our, in our church world and in our uh, secular world, our bodies are in control of our lives. I mean, we are filled with a sex-filled society like never before. With a drug-induced society like never before. We have got people who don't even want to be aware of what reality is. I just want to constantly be stoned out of my head all the time with drugs and alcohol and all these things. We are in such a world that does not control their passions, their desires. And we are responsible to bring our bodies, our flesh, our desires, our wants, our wills under control. And it needs to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. So it will determine how we walk, how we talk, what we do, what decisions, our attitudes, all those things. We can control our flesh. Let me give you good news. Some people go, I just, I just can't control it. I can't stop it. You can if you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you. You can say no to sexual addictions. You can say no to drug addictions. You can say no to alcohol addictions. All these things that have to do with the flesh. You can say no to a pornographic mind. You can say no to all these things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit empowers you, qualifies you to be able to resist the enemy and he flees from you. Come on, we got to get in control of this stuff. People say, it's impossible. No, with God all things are possible. He wouldn't ask us to do it if it wasn't possible. The Bible says, take every thought captive that comes into your mind. We can't control the thought that comes in, but I can control once it gets in there. Do I dwell on it or do I get it out of my mind? Do I keep on thinking or do I say, no, wait a minute. I want to think about something else. Let me sing something here. Let me get my mind somewhere else. Why? Or I can just sink in and dwell on it. My choice, your choice. We need to be controlled, full, drunk, inebriated with the Spirit of God. We need to be in the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can qualify ourselves to do this in that moment. Absolutely. Hebrews 10, 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. See again, if we do this, God will do this. If we draw near with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, our flesh cannot rule. Yesterday we had men's breakfast. One of the men came to me and he said, Pastor, I have found out this PCA sticker that we put on our cars. It is powerful. I said, what? He said, yeah, the PCA sticker we put on the back window of our cars, it is powerful. I would encourage every one of you to get one today. 
He said, because once I put that sticker on the back of my car, I am no longer rolling down my window and shaking my fist and yelling things at people as I drive down the street in Ponca City. It is powerful. He said, because every time I think about it, I look in my rearview mirror, I see PCA Church. I'm going, oh, no, keep the window rolled up, baby. Yeah. Everybody today gets a free sticker. Some of you need three or four. Put it on the back one, the front one, the side ones. Because our flesh wants to rule. Yes. Let me tell you something. You're already winning because you were led to church on a Sunday. You know, there's a lot of people not led to church on a Sunday. You may go, well, of course, do I have the, of course you have the power of the Spirit in you because you were led here today. A lot of people are led everywhere else but church. They don't want their flesh to be controlled. They want their flesh to rule. You are saying, hey, I'm trying to cause my flesh not to rule, so I'm taking my flesh to church to get in the presence of God, to get in the presence of believers. Why? Because we build each other up on our most holy faith. We encourage one another. Our flesh says, my will be done. God's spirit says, God's will be done. Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 30, he must become greater. I must become less. So when I'm inebriated in the spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, guess what? I become less and less and less. And God becomes more and more and more. To where I'm no longer living. What? That's what I believe Brother Paul said. He said, you know, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but not me. It is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in Christ, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. If you look at that verse, Galatians 2.20, put it up there. How many times do you see the word in or with. Yes. Paul was in the Spirit. Christ was with him. The Holy Spirit dominated his life. Before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now everybody else is trying to kill Paul. He was stoned unto death. They thought he was dead. They left him for dead. Uh, some theologian says he was, but then when he got to the island, they built a fire to get warm and dry out. As he's talking about God, a snake comes out of the fire, bites him on the hand. Paul looks at it and goes, ow, shakes the snake off back in the fire, keeps on preaching, and everybody's wondering, when is he going to die? And Paul's like, I'm not here to die. I'm here to live. Why? Because it's Christ living in me. This, this shipwreck was not an accident. I have been sent here by God to preach the gospel to you. And the whole island of Malta, they gave their hearts and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Why? Because God was leading him. He was in the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't think you're qualified don't go out and get a snake and get bit and go, let me see if I... Don't do that. Unless you know that you know that you know that you know that that's where God has led you. We've got to be in. We've got to give the Spirit control in our desires, in our finances. People go, I don't understand. I, I, this is, listen, you've got to submit this flesh. 
You've got to make sure you submit to the Spirit's control over all of your decisions, not just some. Listen, don't pick and choose what you let the Holy Spirit get involved in. I've seen people do that. Well, I want the Holy Spirit to get involved in this. This is a big decision, but all this other little stuff, I'm just, I can do that myself. No, you can't. You're not qualified to. You've got to let the Holy Spirit get in there and get control. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified what? The flesh. That means our desires, our passions, our wills, with all of its passions and with all of its desires. We crucify it. Who crucifies it? You do. I do. Uh, no one's going to do it for you. The Bible is very, very implicit in, if you do this, then I will do this. I've never had anyone help me crucify my flesh. I have to do it all by myself. And I have to do it continuously. Because guess what? Pastors can have a bad day. Man, pastors can have bad attitudes. Pastors can all of a sudden have bad passions and desires just like everybody else. Well, pastor, you're just not even tempted like we are. What makes you think that? If Jesus was tempted, then of course we're all tempted. The difference is do we fail the temptation or do we pass the test? Yeah. All of us have the choice to do it. I've had pastor friends of mine that have passed the test. I have pastor friends of mine that have failed the temptations. Yeah. And all of us, just like Jesus, we're all in the same boat. But we cannot do this without being qualified with the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. You can't do it in your own. Galatians 2.20, I just read it. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. God qualifies, not man. Whenever the church interviewed me as a pastor, they were asking about a lot of my qualifications. My number one qualification is that I am baptized in the Holy Spirit and I've been called by God to be a pastor. That qualifies me. My, my qualification did not come from seminary. I've got a great, beautiful uh, plaque and a beautiful you know, certificate, and it cost me over a hundred and something thousand dollars to get that education, but that didn't qualify me. Well, you, you've been a preacher's kid. That didn't qualify me. Well, this, no, that doesn't qualify me. The only thing that qualifies me is the power in me, the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that qualifies you is the power of the Holy Spirit in you. In you. Grandma told me that I was supposed to be a preacher. I said, what did God tell you? Uh, God said I was supposed to be a mechanic. Okay, then go be a mechanic. Because God needs mechanics who are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? There's been times when I wasn't qualified to work on my car, so I did this. Oh, God. Fix it. That's the only qualification I got. So I'll anoint your, your hood with oil. My cup will run over. We need to be qualified. But you know what the most important thing? Besides qualification? My friend went to the doctor, the heart doctor, found one that was qualified. Success rate was incredible. 
But wouldn't it have been a tragedy if the doctor was not available? Yeah, the doctor's qualified. Yes, he can do your heart transplant, but he's not available. He's on vacation in the Bahamas. He is tired and he needs a break. The doctor is out. You ever seen that? You ever called the doctor and your doctor was, I'm sorry, but he's not available right now. We'd like to take a message and get back with you. You see, the most important thing besides being qualified is you and I, we have to be available. Available. Because God may want you to do something, but you may declare to God, oh, wait a minute, I am not available for that. Not me. I'm not qualified. No, God says you're qualified. You are just not available. I want you to go pray for that lady over there in the parking lot at Walmart. No, 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 no. I got, I got things to do. I'm too busy and I'm not available. But what if that woman had said, God, if you're God today somewhere, let somebody come to me and pray for me. Then I'll know you're God. I mean, no, people say that all the time. That people tell me, I came to church this morning and I said, God, if you're God, have the preacher say one specific word and you said it. Wow. We've got to be available. Available. Is it convenient? Not always. Most of the time not. But you have to be available. You cannot have the Christian is out. We have to say, hey, the doctor is in. He'll see you right now. So I got a call at 2 o'clock one morning. Had to get up, get dressed, and be in Shreveport, Louisiana in less than 40 minutes. And it's a 50-minute drive had I started immediately. So I called the police department. I said, you're going to see a, a truck that's going to be flying down the road on this highway between here and Shreveport. Please do not stop me. I'm trying to get to the hospital for a heart transplant. So I got up, got dressed, and got to the hospital in 29 minutes. Why? Because he said, Pastor, before I go in, I want you to pray for me. I'm available. I go over there, we pray. You know what? I also got Miss Sandy up and she went with me. Yeah, she wasn't even the one he asked for. We got together, prayed, and we're praying, walking down the hallway, going right into the operating room, and I stopped at the operating room. There was eight guys on that floor to get heart transplants. All eight of them got transplants within one week. Only two of them walked out of the hospital. The other six died before they left. And he lived a long time. He just passed away, but he was old dude. I believe God had a lot to do with that. And I believe that the power in me and the power in him had a lot to do with that. But we have to be available and we have to be qualified. And I believe God's going to lead you in your everyday life, but you got to be ready, available. I'm ready. I want to be led today. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. And I want to be able to have the power to do what you've called me to do. Jesus, before he ever did anything, he said, I must get baptized. There was a guy God sent by the name of John the Baptist, and his only reason to live was do what? Prepare the way for Jesus. 
Stand with me tonight. This morning. I've preached so long it feels like tonight. This is a passionate thing in my heart today. I hope you hear my passion. God wants you, number one, to be qualified. To do what he's called you to do. We don't need people who aren't qualified. That's the problem today. People who aren't qualified are trying to do the work of the ministry. And they are not qualified to do it. I've, I've, I've seen churches pop up and the guy that was passionate, they go, well, what were you, well last week I was, I was working at a gas station, but I really feel like I should be a pastor. Well, what have you done to qualify yourself? Well, I, I don't know. Well, doesn't work. You got to get qualified. You got to be available. And I believe God is preparing this church for signs and wonders and miracles. But it doesn't come through a man or a woman. It comes through the power that is in you. Jesus left headed toward Galilee in the power of the Spirit. He was in. And this is my initial message on this topic. And so the question today is, are you in? Are you in? And I, I really felt the Holy Spirit just say, Pastor, today, can we just start it? Step one. I said, yes, sir. What do you want to do? He said, I just want to know if they're available. If I want to do something in their life or the life of someone else, are they available for me to use them? I said, okay. I said, that seems like a pretty simple place to start. Just availability. You see, if you're available, then you have the ability. <laughs> availability. But you have to avail yourself before God will give you ability. You have to be there. And so today, here's the simple question. And, and yes, I'm going to ask for a response. Because I want God to see you. And I want you to see God in this house. And so if you are here, then listen, there's no pressure. There's nothing. This is you and God only. But if you're here today and you say, God, I want to be available for anything you want to do in my life. And I know that may sound like a redundant question, but it's not. It's very serious today. Are you truly available to be led by the Spirit in your life? If you are that person, you are in. As soon as they start singing, I want you to come to the front. I want you to lift your hands up. And I want you to begin to allow the Holy Spirit to touch your life. Because He's going to told me he would. He said, all I ask for today is availability. And so I'm going to pray. At the end of this prayer, I'm going to ask if you are in, if you're available, I want you to step out and come to the front. If you don't want to come down here by yourself, grab somebody by the hand and go, I'm not going by myself. You're going with me. Let's go. Because I want you to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Father, today, I've preached your truth. Your son, Jesus Christ, emptied himself of all authority, all power, and all deity and was born as a human being. He lived 30 years 
But then he thought, I need, I must have the power of the Holy Spirit in me. He was baptized, baptizo, Holy Spirit. And he said, the same Spirit that was in Christ Jesus can now be available to us if we are available to you. So God, I pray right now, I ask right now for this church. I believe you're going to be in the very near future sending us out to this city and we're going to be empowered to do what we never thought we would do in our lives. You're going to empower people to go up and talk to people, pray for people, witness to people, invite people to church, whatever you, whatever you tell them to do, but they've got to be available. And I'm believing that starts today. If you're here today, church, and you say, I am available, that's all the qualification we're asking for today is availability. If that's you, I want you to step out and come to the front right now. You're telling God, not me, not anyone else, I am available. I will do whatever you ask me to do. I'm available. Come on. I'm available. Respond. God wants us to take steps of faith to respond. Once you get here, lift your hands up. They're going to start singing a song. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to begin to fill you. I believe the Holy Spirit's going to... Now let me tell you something. Whenever you are being asking God for an infilling, the gift is susceptible to the gift of the person. So if you're full of the Holy Spirit, just allow the Holy Spirit to praise through you, to pray through whatever it is. Come on, just keep coming up close. There's more people coming in. Just keep coming up and just lift your hands and say, God, I'm available. I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> you guys sing that song. Hallelujah. Just right now, just lift your hands. Just say, God, I'm here. I'm here for you. I want to crucify my flesh. Today, I'm available for you. Touch me. Fill me with your power, with your presence. Hallelujah. As soon as my key cut it, I'm a sword of my key out of my side. Hallelujah. He's son of my he cut on a suit of my cut Hallelujah. Just worship in the spirit. Just pray in the spirit. Just allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you from your head down to your feet. Lord, today we need to get filled. We need to get inebriated. We need to get saturated. We need to get drunk in the Holy Spirit. So the way we walk and the way we talk and our attitudes and our actions is caused by you, God. It is controlled by you, not us. In the Holy Spirit, I'm available. Hallelujah. I'm available. Hallelujah. Power of God, flood this front. Power and anointing of God, fill these vessels. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, drink it in, Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, God. We need you. We need you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Hallelujah. Anointer God, Hallelujah. That's it, Hallelujah. I am no longer my own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it, Christy. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. I'm available. I'm here for you, Lord. Do your will in my life. Hallelujah.
I'm available. Hallelujah. I'm here, Lord. I'm available. I will do what you ask me. God, open doors that have been shut. God, open doors and avenues that have been shut for these young Hallelujah. God, you said upon my ladies, I will place my spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. These young ladies of this church need some women who are full of the Holy Spirit to show them hallelujah. This is what God wants in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We seek your face, Lord. We seek your face, God. Hallelujah. I want you more than anything else today. Hallelujah. God, I've seen you place your hand upon this family. <laughs> God, today, Lord, they're available. Hallelujah. They're available. Hallelujah. God is available today. <laughs> He's your servant today, Lord. He's your servant today, God. Hallelujah. Lord, today, she's available. She's available. Hallelujah. Lord, lead her by your spirit. God, today, pour out your glory. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Today, we drink in your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, today, she's available. God, open her eyes. Open her eyes to those around her who are in need today. Hallelujah. God, today, he's available. God, use him as a man of God. God, today, use him as a man of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we need men of God to walk this earth. Available today, God. God, you're changing her life day by day by day. I see it on her face. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Let every decision, let every attitude, let everything be that which God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, today take control. Take control. Hallelujah. God, control us today. Control her thoughts, control her attitude, control her way she walks. Everything about her today, God, today, control Hallelujah. God, you're available. Hallelujah. I'm available. I'm available, God. I'll do what you want to do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm available.
I believe this is what God wants all of us to be more aware, to be sensitive, to be led by the Holy Spirit and not our flesh. I believe God's going to make you aware of people around you you've never been aware of before. Maybe there's a co-worker that needs you to walk over. I don't know. Maybe there's a friend. Maybe a spouse. Maybe kids. Maybe someone you don't know. I don't know. But I know that when you are walking in the power of the Spirit, He will make you aware. Jesus walked up to people and told them things and said, Hey, I'm aware. The Holy Spirit, He's a person. He wants to help you, empower you, not only to live your own life, but to help other people. Jesus prayed for the sick and they recovered. I've been teaching it on Wednesday nights for weeks. You are priest. You don't have to go, wait, let me call the pastor. Let me get a deacon. No, no. You lay hands. The most powerful time is when you go up to somebody, you grab hands with them and go, I just, can I just pray with you? I mean, God's just let me know there's something in your life and I want to pray with you about it. You don't have to tell me. God already knows. Or maybe just telling somebody, God bless you. God loves you. God cares about you. I don't know how God is going to use you, but I believe God's put this in my spirit that He is going to take every one of us into places to where we no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And you, you walk in that power, and you live in that power, and the more you get comfortable with it, the more you're going to have boldness and confidence, not in the flesh, but in the Spirit of God. I'm, I'm so passionate about this because the Holy Spirit loves to give gifts. Be like gifts. I don't want to keep you much longer. My grandson yesterday just drove me and Nani crazy because his birthday is June the 9th and he's already telling the stuff he wants for his birthday and he goes, I can't wait for my birthday. I'm so excited. Why? He's going to get gifts. And God has all these gifts that he wants to give to all of his children problem is we're not available to receive them. Listen, He wants to gift you. Gift you. All, you need to go in the Bible look at all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe this church is going to be the most gifted church it's ever been. You're going to be part of the gifted class. How many want to be part of the gifted students class, man? That's some smart kids. Yeah, you're going to be in it. But our first step is availability. Today, Guess what? You passed. It was a test. You passed because you walked to the front. You had to control your flesh and say, I'm getting out of my seat and I'm walking to the front. I don't care what anybody thinks. I controlled my flesh. You passed. Now, let's make sure we all get qualified. Amen? We get baptized in that Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we begin to take this. The Bible says this. And the whole country heard about you. I believe this whole country around here is going to hear about you. It's going to hear about you. And your life shining in darkness. Amen. I want you to find some four or five people. Tell them you're so... We sure hope.